Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Nothing to Be With You podcast with me, your host, Claude Ryan. Remember, this is a space where we give whispers a voice, mention the unmentionable and bring all those little awkward inward things outwards. How are you guys doing? I hope you're all having a great week and well recovered after the Easter celebrations. Uh, full disclosure, I only recorded this yesterday. Um, I'm slow on the uptake, but I'll fill you in as to why. So, um, yeah, no, I was not quick getting the the pod up this week. I was not organised, but I have good excuses. In fairness, I've been dealing with a dog recovering from surgery and myself recovering from surgery. By the way, said dog is sitting behind me here asleep and I'm really praying that he stays quiet for the whole of the pod because the editing is just a pain in the arse. But look, we shall see how we get on. So guys, how are you all? Hope you're all feeling super sexy after last week's episode. <laughs> Definitely a super one to do. The let's talk about sex with Mac. Um, we should have actually called it episode sex. We really should have. <laughs> In hindsight, it was so much fun to do. I really enjoyed it. I knew having Kira on, anything would go, and we'd have the time of our lives. And we'd go off script. Well, not that I really do scripts anyway, but I just knew it was going to be one of those awesome episodes um, because when we get together, that is literally what we're like. What what you heard on the podcast is literally how the two of us carry on. So it was it was a joy to have her on. And um, look, it was really nice to have a healthy chat about like how normal it is to talk about sex do you know um the amount of dms i got this time was just crazy from guys and girls which was amazing Uh, that was just so funny you guys really loved it it just goes to show us irish well i presume it's only the irish that are listening to me who knows let me know if you're not in ireland and you're listening to me that would mean I'm international. That would be like so cool. <laughs> yeah, but it just goes to show we do like talking about sex, guys. And why the fuck not? It's, you know, it's fun. It's enjoyable. We all do it. So why the fuck not talk about it? And look, it's healthy to talk about sex. Do you know, um, like some of the mails I got like... Uh, so refreshing to hear girls chatting about sex and normalizing it. I feel it makes the whole experience healthier. Yeah, 100% agree with that. If it's something you enjoy and is safe and consensual, it should be expressed more. Don't understand why it has to be such a dirty little secret all the time. Great to <laughs> shout out. I've just got laid. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, and it's so true. I mean, it's an awesome feeling. And yes, we... We don't talk about it. So I I just feel this. Look, I'm not a prude in any way. And if you're familiar with me or, or the pod, you'll know there's very little I won't talk about. And to be honest, the more taboo, the better. But I was quite shook by how how many people were taken aback that um I did a, a an episode on sex. I will be honest, there was one or two give you out emails. But hey, that's OK. Every, this is an open forum. 
So you like it or love it, you know, if you listen in and you have an issue, write in. I'm I'm open to it all. Um, Jay wrote in, and I don't know if Jay is a girl or a guy, uh, and it's just li- literally literally the letter J, um, to say they were intrigued that we didn't talk about masturbation and wondering why we didn't. Uh, so, Jay, look, fair folks, do you bring <laughs> that one up? Um, it's something we didn't have on the agenda and I suppose just didn't get a chance to talk about. But hey, 100%, I have no issue putting out there again. It's another thing we should be able to talk about and not shy away from it. It's perfectly normal and I'm sure everybody does it, <laughs> whether they want to admit it or not. So, yeah, look, fair folks, TJ. Um, Maybe you want to come on and talk about it. Whatever suits. I'm I'm down. I'm down. So I am. Um. Yeah. I got a load of messages wanting Kira back on for another episode soon, and I have to say I agree. Yeah. I can't wait to have her back either. Um. I put it out to you guys though. What do you think we should talk about the next time? Um. Since you enjoyed us together and you enjoyed the banter and the crack we were having, let me know what do you guys think would be something funny or something interesting that you'd like to hear us chat about um again in a, a natural and, and healthy way. Um so as usual, come back to me with the the ideas, message the the Instagram page, the Facebook page, or email nothing to boo with you at gmail.com. So yeah, so that was last last week's episode, well two weeks ago. So yeah, a lot has happened since then. Um I was sneering with Kira that on that episode that like I was heading for surgery and obviously I've had it since and I'm two weeks over it now, thank God. And I'm going to spend this episode just going through it because I said I was going to talk about it. I was going to talk about the the operation you know the before the after and how I got on um because look it feels to be honest at this stage it feels like it's been a never-ending fucking story in my life and surgery that I thought would never happen and as we all know surgery that caused me to have um you know a bit of a breakdown um before Christmas so yeah I'm gonna fucking dedicate an episode (laughs) to it I've earned that right um so yeah, look, I worked right up to the operation. The operation was on Wednesday the 29th and I worked up, up until the Tuesday because I just felt it would be good for my head and my mind to stay distracted, stay busy, stay doing what I love doing and, you know, keep the mind focused. And I'm so glad I did that because it definitely helped. Um, On the Wednesday, the Tuesday night, I didn't sleep a wink. I was in and out of sleep all night. My anxiety was through the fucking roof. Um, Breathing exercises were used in absolute overdrive. I was fucking shitting it. I really was. I was afraid of the... Yeah, so I'll tell the whole story. But what I was really afraid of was the going in and the being put to sleep part because I've never had that. I've never even had a stitch. I've clearly lived a privileged life. And as 
before before I did this episode or decided to do this episode, I was like, God, this is going to sound so fucking stupid to people who've had really traumatic surgery and whatever, you know, serious surgery and, you know, C-sections and things like this. But you know what? Fuck that. This is my story. This was my trauma. It's all relative. So I'm never going to shoot anybody down for what their experience is with something because we all experience different type of pain, of excitement, of happiness, of hurt in our lives. And this was something that I was really looking forward to from the point of view that I felt that it was going to help me so much from the last 12 months of really not feeling myself. I haven't felt sexy. I haven't felt like a woman. I have felt... Uh, I've just I've just felt not worthy and that's a really weird thing to say but I suppose when you're a woman and you're told that you have fertility issues you do feel like a failure whether you want kids or not you feel like a failure because again what are women here to do produce you know reproduce and it's and it's such a fucking annoyingly taboo thing to say, but it is. And that affected me last year more than I realized. And I carried it up until the initial surgery date, which was back for November. And once that was cancelled, that's when everything fell down like a ton of bricks on top of me. All the pain, all the physical pain I was having, the emotional pain I was having. Um you know, the the feelings of feeling insignificant, like a failure, a failure as a woman, as a wife, as a just, oh, it was horrific. It was awful. So even though I was really looking forward to this surgery from that point of view, I was terrified. So my husband brought me anyway in last or two weeks ago, Wednesday, and I had my surgery in Auteven. Yes, there are other hospitals out there. Um, and under my surgeon, under consultant, Mr. Hayes, who is just life changing. He's he's just divine. He really is. And the funny thing is, I went in and I had my pre-op the week before and had this gorgeous nurse, Mary. And she was so lovely. And like when I was in there, and I think I mentioned this before for for the pre-op assessment, she she couldn't believe I was telling her that I had acute anxiety or bad anxiety. Because obviously in the pre-op, I was cool. You know, I was cool out. Like they did, she did blood, she did whatever. And I, I was fine. I was telling her, look, I'll be a different story on the Wednesday, you know, that I'm coming in. I said that they'll see how anxious I am. So when I got in there on the Wednesday morning, who was I greeted by? Only Mary. And she told me it was her first day in nearly five years being in the operation suite or whatever you call it um, up to that day. And I was like, this is totally meant to be because I had connected with her so much because I even remember her making a comment um, the day of the pre-op that like she wasn't just a nurse she's a mum too and you know she was just so kind and I just couldn't believe that she was there so I was thrilled of course but 
I was a very different Clodagh to the Clodagh she had met um, the week previous, which, to be fair, <laughs> I'd given her the heads up for. Um, yeah, got in. Um, it's all a fucking blur, to be honest. Um, got the bed, put in a gown, blood pressure checked. Um, Dr. Hayes came out and said, right, we all said da-da-da-da-da asked me what were my fears I said look I'll be honest I'm terrified that I'll wake up I'm terrified of being put asleep I'm also terrified of how I'm going to wake up from the anesthetic what if I go into shock all irrational thoughts of course but these intrusive thoughts look my anxiety was high so the gate was open for all the intrusive thoughts so um look they reassured me all will be fine the next thing the i need a tits come in to meet me sorry i can't pronounce that word lads so we're just going to call him the i need a tits i cannot remember his name he seemed sound asked me was i afraid of needles i said no so that was grand um and i was wheeled off and i remember closing my eyes going down and by the way I have told you about this fucking marina coil thing. Um the length of the box. Like <laughs> fuck's sake. I'd carry it down with me on the bed. And it fell off the fucking bed or the trolley twice on the way to theatre. It was so fucking big and awkward. Oh my god. <laughs> they're they're just fucking terrible boxes. So the makers of those, you need to rethink the packaging because that that is just I don't fucking care. You do not need them that big and long. I don't care. I just, no way. It's bullshit. The last thing I needed to be worried about going down to theatre was holding on to a fucking big, long, awkward box. <laughs> anyway, I closed my eyes the whole way being wheeled down. And there was this jollyish kind of guy chatting. And um, got into theatre and this nurse came over and she was lovely. And they said, just, you know, open your eyes and we'll just put you on the bed. And I was like, oh, my God, my heart was in my mouth. But like I said, I was doing my breathing exercises. Massive, massive, massive fan. Cannot recommend it. I think it's the most underrated um, tool for helping with anxiety. It is, uh, you know, box breathing, if any of you are familiar with that, four in, four, you know, in for four, hold for four, out for four, release for four. Incredible. It just, uh, I, all, as I said to myself, all I kept saying was just breathe, just breathe. Now, I was crying. I was emotional. I was terrified. Um, The nurse was lovely. She was chatting away to me. She asked me what I did. I said, I work in insurance. And she started talking about her car insurance to me, I remember, and she was telling me how much she was paying. And of course, I then put my insurance hat on and started asking her <laughs> fucking questions like how old she was, had she any penalty points, has she ever had any accidents, claims or convictions? I mean, oh my God, it was hilarious. And while we were chatting, the I Need a Tits was like, um, I'm just going to put something in here now to relax your hand and you'll just feel a bit of a pinch. So I was like, yeah, cool. And she, he did. And he said, it'll just relax you. And I remember just looking at her badge and seeing the nurse's badge said Susan. And I remember saying to her, oh, my, my sister is Susan and she has special needs. And that's it. Gone. Blank. Out of it. Gone. Good luck. So the next time I woke, I was in recovery. 
vague, vague memory of that. I know I was talking shite. God love them. Uh, not sure what I said, but um, I was definitely talking a lot of shite. And then I know they brought me back to my room. And I remember my husband coming in and Mary and... I, look, I was out of it. I mean, I had morphine and the anesthetic or whatever you call it, anesthesia. And I was fairly out of it. Um, and my throat was really sore. So I said, can I get some water? My my throat is really sore. And somebody said, that's from the tube. <laughs> With that, I went, oh, what? There was a tube down my throat? And I started freaking the fuck out. And if I did, the machine behind me that I was connected to started beeping. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So picture the scene. I'm in that gorgeous gown. I'm freaking out. I don't know why I freaked out. I, the thought of something down my throat, it, it just gave me the fucking willies. And... totally normal there was no problem but all I could picture was every fucking hospital drama you've ever seen where beep 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 flatline done good luck and they were like oh my god we'll just turn this off altogether you're grand you're fine so I know I got a bit panicky a couple of times because I, I just felt kind of stuck and confined and very out of control as we all know this is a serious um ongoing problem for Chloe she needs to be in control all the time and when she's not she fucking hates it um but look what what felt like 10 minutes was probably about two and a half hours and eventually I felt okay enough to sit up and look at my bandages and I felt sore but I I thought I was actually grand and they said we'll bring in some tea and toast I was like nice one Tea and toast came in and I had that and I was really dying for water. Now, I drink a lot of water anyway, but I was really dying for water because my throat was just so sore. And but they weren't letting me have too much of it, which was a bit annoying. But anyway, so I said, Connor, I was like, I have to get dressed. And he was like, no, you, you, you don't need to. And the nurses were like, no, no, there's there's no need to get dressed yet. And I was like, I have I, I just want to get into my own clothes. I can't explain it, but I just felt I'd get some bit of control back if I just had my own clothes on me. And that that's about all I can really say. So Connor was like, OK, fair enough. So we put on my leggings and I put on a loose top and even putting on my own sports bra. You know, and taking off those horrific paper knickers that they make you wear. Oh, for fuck's sake, they're horrific. And putting on my runners, I just felt more in control and more settled. So the doctor came around and he went through everything with me. And he, I had a lot more endometriosis than initially um, thought. And... um. And there's my other dog breaking in. Yeah. Hi, Nala. And she always slams the door. Yeah. Thank you, Nala. How are you? This is the and I, do you know what, lads? I couldn't be arsed on editing this now. Just going to let her come in here. And you can hear her paws going around. Jump up. Come up here now. She'll jump up now in a second. And up. Yeah. 
the joys of being a dog mama. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so he's, I had a lot more endometriosis than initially thought of um, and adhesions and stuff, um, but he'd gotten rid of it all. They'd found a polyp. Um, they'd gotten rid of that and X, Y, and Z, a few things done um, and that the operation was a success, thank God. So that was great to hear. I felt very emotional though and he was showing me pictures and I was like, dude, I do not want to fucking see pictures of the inside of me. Fuck no. I can't even watch a horror movie. Like, uh, I'll watch a horror movie but once the gory shit comes on or the knives come out, I'm gone. Good luck. Blades, knives, uh, uh, no thanks. And here he was showing me pictures of my insides. I was like, dude, seriously, I'll take your word for it. It's grand. But, um, yeah, so he said, look, it was fine and just whatever, the usual, can't drive for two weeks, um, no lifting or whatever for a month and that the stitches I had were dissolvable stitches. And I was like, grand, cool. So now I'm going to give you like far too much information now, but hey, like I said, you guys, episode seven, you need to be used to me by now. This is this is just where I go. I give too much information. Um, I said I need to pee. I I gotta go. I'm like busting. This is whatever have to in the day. I'd been there since six o'clock in the morning. I think half six in the morning. Um. As like need to go, so Connor was like, "One sec, I'll just grab a nurse." Um, something about you're not allowed walk on either or something, whatever. So it's grand. So Connor and the nurse got me up, and I was like, oh, "Okay, I see," because I felt very lightheaded. I did. I was like, "Oh, fair enough, yeah, grand." But I was good. I was fine. Could feel pain, but like I was okay. So they walked me out to the toilet, and it was the the disabled toilet. She said, "Look, you'll be more comfortable in there." And in Connor came in and I went in and I sat down and thought I was about to start my business. But instead, the most fucking severe searing pain I have ever felt in my life shot up through me. I... The only way I can explain it is it felt like someone was trying to tug and pull every organ out from under me. I've never felt pain like it. I screamed. And Connor was. Said, oh, my God, the pain, the pain. And I was barely able to lift myself up off the toilet. And he pulled the alarm thingy or whatever. And the nurse came in and. I was screaming. I I've never fucking felt pain like that. It's high pain threshold. Um in terms of like back pain, period pain, the the endometriosis pain, things like that. But this pain was uh birth. It has to be without an epidural. And I was hunched over like up straight and I was like I fucking can't and they managed to get me to the bed screaming and they were like we she needs more morphine 
So they gave it to me. And I was taking it. I didn't fucking care whatever was going to help me. So I took that and um, it was like a blur after that. I must have slept. I'm not really sure. But I know I went for a second attempt with two nurses this time. Do you think I could go? Fuck no. I like. <laughs> um, I've never willed a wee so much in my life and it just would not happen. It wouldn't. Couldn't. And I sat there like a bold child and they were like, look, you're we're going to have to just think of a, a plan B here. Like, you know, you might need a catheter. Da, 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 da. And I was like, no, no, no. Just give me five more minutes, five more minutes, five more minutes. And eventually I had to fucking give up and go back in again. And the pain wasn't as severe um, at this stage. It was manageable, but it was still there. And. Eventually, um, they came over and said that the consultant had said to give a Valium, that that'll help relax my muscles. And again, I was like, I don't fucking care, whatever. If it's a slurry tablet, I'm taking it. Yeah, whatever. So I took that. And half an hour later, I had the best pee of my life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> when I think back... To say the most traumatic experience of the whole thing was going to the toilet is just ridiculous. I'm laughing at it now, but um, it was fucking scary and traumatic. And thankfully, then they allowed me go home that evening armed with diphene and the usual malarkey. And I'm not great with tablets straight up. Um, I was nervous about them. And they had, oh, yeah, by the way, they told me I'd have shoulder pain. Oh my fucking God, shoulder pain. Are you kidding me? It was like I had 24-7 heartburn in both shoulders. It was horrendous. Um, I was popping Panadol and Diphene. Oh, it was just a disaster. Got home anyway. And guys, my anxiety for the first three days was through the fucking roof. You know, I talk about mental health and I talk about you know, my journey with like anxiety and general anxiety disorder and panic attacks and things like this. But a word that's never been in my vocabulary, whether I just chose not to use it or I just have never subconsciously thought of it was trauma. I was traumatized. And this might sound stupid to some of you guys listening. And if it does, I'm sorry that ye feel that way. But for me, that was a massive trauma. This was something I had been waiting on for over 12 months. It was something I was terrified of having, but knew I needed it. It was something that was going to help me emotionally, physically, mentally. But yet to go through it was going to be an ordeal for me as a person who has generalized anxiety disorder and the trauma of going back into a hospital again after all the, the drama last year. And I couldn't stop crying. Um, I just could not stop crying. And when I wasn't crying, I was anxious. So I linked in with my um, team and they were super. I mean, they were so good. They, I mean, sometimes you just need a supportive ear and just to have your thoughts heard. And 
it was like the same common denominator from everyone. Yes, of course, you're traumatized. You've had surgery. You have stitches. There has been things done to you internally. You are allowed to feel the way you're feeling. It's not just a physical thing that you go through when you go into a hospital and have a procedure. It's an emotional, mental journey as well. And some people can handle that better than others. I'm one of those people that cannot. Now, if it was me sitting, supporting somebody else, I'm 100% down. I am there. I am your ride or die. But when it comes to myself, it's very hard for me to trust my own, my own logical thoughts that I will be fine. So. Yeah, I was very vulnerable for those few days and very, very sore. And again, being out of control, the fact that like I couldn't properly dress myself, I couldn't walk on my own very far. I felt very lightheaded. I felt very dizzy, very weak, very sick. I just the whole process was hard. But do you know what? I just had to cut cut myself some slack and I had to stop. And I had to stop fucking beating the shit out of myself and just be. And the minute I started doing that, I feel is when I started healing and started copping on. Also, I journaled the whole way through. I video journaled to myself um, because I hadn't the energy to type. I would never put any of you through looking at any of those video journals because I literally look like the walking dead. But Looking back on it each day, you know, I was like, look, you were anxious all day and here you are getting into bed and you're fine. And the next day and the next day and the next day. And again, nobody's going to change that mindset for you, only you. So you kind of have to put in the work, you know. Um, And also you need that emotional support when you go through something like that. You have to have that um emotional support. And yeah, in a way, this surgery was an introduction into trauma and the feeling of trauma for me. Um, But now, thankfully, you know, the stitches are nearly gone. I'm healed. I'm back to work next week. I cannot wait to get back to work, get back into my routine. I'm back driving since today. I've had my amazing friends and family support me, friends calling to me. I mean, just to give you a snapshot of Kira that was on last week, herself and my other best friend, Joanne, while I was having my surgery, they were doing voice notes back and forth to each other about me, um, hoping that Connor would take a video of me coming out of it off my box and talking shite. And uh, then my other friend, Joanne, was like, oh, no, loading out, she'll come out completely coherent and you know, given demands and stuff. So to listen to those voice notes, even when I came out, even though I was still quite out of it and quite vulnerable, you know, those little things were great. Another friend of mine sent me a picture of Mr. Bean, the meme with him with the doctor's gown on him, you know, sticking his tongue out and going best of luck today. Little things like that, lads, they mean the fucking world. Like, it's not that you want to be babied, but you want to be heard, but you also want to not give it much airtime. Yeah, acceptance. Accept that. Yeah, today is going to be a shitty day because I have to do X, Y, or Z. Recovery is going to be shitty and slow because I have to take it slow and I have to take it easy. So acceptance is a lot for me. And also, I had such fucking guilt of being away from Simba because he was only a week over his surgery on his ACL and I couldn't go near him. So <laughs> it's just been a real fucking drama queen. 
Um, so, but like, by the way, guys, if you ever hear me saying that something is dramatic, you know it must be dramatic because the queen of it to say it, it's fucking dramatic. But hey, so look, I'm in my healing process now. And I got a lovely voice note from a girl during the week who, you know, I'd been putting up pictures of myself going for coffee, um, going for lunch with a friend who picked me up during the week and brought me out for lunch. And, you know, friends calling over and doing little selfies and little videos with me and the dogs and whatever. And she was like, it's so good to do that because that's you starting to love yourself again and starting to, you know, live and be present and it sounds so small and stupid but I it's kind of stuck with me and I'm like yeah I'm going to keep doing that I'm going to keep taking little pictures now of myself when I feel I'm looking good or I want to start telling myself that you're doing great Claudia you're not ugly you're not a failure you're not this you're not that you got it you're doing you're doing you girl and that's all any of us can do guys for for ourselves we do we do what's best for us we do what works for us we do but we have to give ourselves the best version of ourselves that we can we have to treat ourselves like we deserve the fucking best because it starts here it starts with you how you feel about yourself how you feel about the world about your your emotions your senses it all comes back to you so all I'll say is anybody who's going through any kind of surgery a big or small I I feel you and I'm with you it isn't easy but you get through it and you do what you got to do to make yourself shine and make yourself smile and we got this Another thing I realized, or well, I keep being told again, a common denominator, how much I underestimate myself. I've been hearing this for so many years, but do you know what? I'm really trying to take it in now and say, yeah, no, catch myself when I'm doubting myself. Say, wait a minute now, Chloe, hold on. And I'm catching myself now. And I find the more I'm catching it, the more awareness I'm get, getting about it and going, fuck you, fuck yeah, you're you're a rock star girl. And, you know, you've a shit hot, you've a shit hot um, way of thinking. You were blessed to be given an anxious mind because it's given you the power to have empathy for others that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't have an anxious mind. I can relate to almost anybody and I will find something in common with almost anyone. And also the judgy shoes are left at the door. And I would say to you all, guys, if you do nothing this week, leave your judgy shoes at the door and just be sound, lads. Just be sound to everyone and be sound to yourself. And do you, you you know, fuck it. Fuck everyone. Fuck what anyone thinks. You just do you. And put in the work and it'll pay off. Love yourself enough to put in the work. So yeah, that's my inspirational story of my surgery and being on the other side of it and done and dusted. And I'm just so glad. I'm just so fucking glad. And I'm so glad I have this podcast because it's like my own little video journal or my audio journal for me as well. And the fact that some of you guys are taking the time to actually listen in 
and enjoy it too means the fucking world to me. So thanks guys, as always. And the trauma, talking about trauma, um, has definitely invoked in me a need to discuss this a bit further. Um, I, for me, have some really exciting things coming up. Um, I'm going to be joined by some amazing guests. I'm upgrading the podcast sound system here because I started with a baby beginner one. I wasn't investing big because I said, if I'm only getting fucking one listener, sorry, I'm not spending a, a lot of money for one listener. <laughs> but funnily enough, there's actually more than one listen to me. So I'm really fucking happy. So I think I'll invest now. <laughs> So look, that's enough of my waffle for this week. Um, I'm going to let you all go and I hope you guys have another smashing week. As always, write into the Instagram page, the Facebook page, email me on nothing to boo with you at gmail.com. Whatever you want to hear, guys, come to me. I'm your soundboard. I'm your voice for the shit you want to hear talked about and discussed. Come to me. That's what I'm here for, guys. So as always. Be kind, be you, be wonderfully weird. Bye.